It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, one of the biggest questions facing the Raptors this season is a big one. Who the hell's going to start? We will examine that question with Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com coming up on today's episode. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, September the 13th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter. You can find the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors. You can go and join the Lockdown Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description. If you want to be part of our Fantasy League, which is starting up, you're going to want to join the Discord and get on in the action there. The commish is the Northness from the Discord, so you'll be have to run all of your requests to join the league through the Northness. But uh, come hang out and be part of the league. Come hang out and talk baseball as the Blue Jays are you know, doing the thing where they wet the bed against the rangers and all that fun stuff uh it's all going on in the discord we'd love to see you in there it's our little family around the show and it's a great time uh today's show is brought to you by jace medical empower yourself when you purchase a jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50 plus infections get yours today at jacemedical.com that's j-a-s-e medical.com all right let's get to it on today's show we are digging in to the Raptors starting lineup. Of course, this is a big question that's been bandied about, and I wanted to bring it back to the surface after listening to the low post this week, where we had our pal Blake Murphy on, and they were talking about the starting lineup, and I was a little taken aback and curious to see that both Zach Lowe and Blake Murphy, two people far smarter than I, think that Dennis Schroeder is in line to start for this Raptors team, and I thought it was a little curious that they seemed so strong in their convictions when talking about it, because... I think that's kind of a crazy idea. We're going to get into all of the questions around the starting five, the sort of two main options that the Raptors have to go with with their starting five, and of course some stealth candidates to sneak into the starting lineup at some point this season. And we'll do it with our lovely guest, Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com. Big V, how the hell are you, pal? I'm doing great, man. Glad to be here. Excited to you know come off the FIBA World Cup high and start to delve into everything that will be the Raptors 2023-24 season. Yeah, different kind of uh, vibe, I'd say. Uh, very <laughs> joyous and celebratory for Canada in the World Cup, and uh, I think more just sort of confused befuddlement with the current state of the Toronto Raptors and what this roster is going to look like. Of course, the starting lineup question is not everything. We know you start a lineup. It doesn't mean that they're going to close for you and stuff like that. They won't always be your most important lineup, but it's a pretty good thing to have a good starting five, and... 
This is, I think, a really fascinating question for the Raptors because there's a lot of like deeper philosophical undertones tied to it about where the team is headed, what they think of themselves, what they think of Scotty Barnes on down the line. Let's start with the starting lineup that Zach Lowe and Blake Murphy did not mention or sort of you know think is going to be the group for the Raptors. It's the one that I think should be the group for the Raptors. I'm curious what you think. Scotty Barnes, just lean into the point guard thing. I know I've been saying all along that he's not a point guard, and I kind of still think that, but if you're going to lean into his development, just do it all the way and commit to it and dot some shooting around him in the form of Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, hopefully Pascal Siakam knocking in some threes from the corners and kind of getting back to his old ways from you know the 2018 to 2020 range of his career, and then Jakob Pertl, of course, rounding things out. That, to me, is what I'd go into the season with as a starting five. We can get into some reasons for that, but I'm curious, Big V, right now, is that the group you'd go with, or are you maybe more on the Dennis Schroeder side of things? Were you seduced by his run at the FIFA World Cup into thinking he's a starter? Well, I think what Schroeder did for Germany was amazing, mm-hmm. um, but he has put up very impressive international numbers before. Yeah. And I do just look at the FIBA game differently. And, you know, I, I think especially in terms of the three-point shooting, it is a different line. And so when you look at the Raptors team and what their problems are, that's where I say, let Gary start the season. If it looks like Scotty really needs help um, mm-hmm. in handling the ball and just needs, you know, a better distribution of the playmaking responsibilities, then you can kind of go to Schroeder um, as a fail-safe option. And I feel like that is the way I would lean. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, but I, I'm sure, like, you know, you can argue just the same the other way where you start with Schroeder, and then if that's really not working out, then you go to Gary. Yeah, you know, for me, I think it's got to all be about Scotty, right? Like, if they're going to commit to this thing, then I think every decision has to be made with the sort of idea of how does this affect Scotty Barnes's development in mind? And I just think you're asking for trouble if you're going to throw Scotty Barnes out in a lineup where you're expecting him to have more of an offensive burden where there is exactly one credible three-point shooter that teams are going to care about out of the gate this season. Dennis Schroeder, for all of the wonderful things he did with FIBA, historically has been a pretty three-point shooter he's got his moments here and there Uh, you know he's had his seasons of you know slightly above average and above his career norms but for the most part he's a low 30s three-point shooter on not terribly high volume and when you have lost Fred Van Vliet a guy who is a mid-30s three-point shooter on very high volume with a pull-up threat as part of his package you just I I think the drop-off in shooting in space would be pretty significant to just slot Schroeder in there as the Fred replacement in a lineup that otherwise was really good for the Raptors last season. Uh, I I just don't see Schroeder replicating the skills that Fred brought to the table, all of Fred's faults, etc., etc., the things that people make him very mad at him or whatever, you know, aside, uh, you know, there's just like a clear change of skills there that alters the shape of that lineup. And so for me... Scotty Barnes is the future, one way or another. 
and you have to figure out, does the point Scotty thing work this year? So start the season with it and give Scotty the best chance to succeed within that by putting more spacing around him. Gary Trent Jr. has always been a very good player playing off of Scotty Barnes. They have really good offensive metrics with one another. It's a dribble handoff hub situation that you can work with, and it's just the space that he provides. Teams worry about Gary Trent Jr. getting loose and bombing threes because he's a really good three-point shooter. Same goes for OG Ananobi. And if you squint, you can start to see the makings of a pretty decent lineup if, in fact, Pascal Siakam can, you know, parlay a lessened overall burden into a better three-point stroke. He had his moments last year, shot about 40% from the corners. He had his, like, crazy home road splits where he shot, like, 45% at home for some reason. Um, You know, he's not a nothing shooter, and there is shooting success in his track record. If you get him bombing threes as well... Then you have three guys who are actually spacing for Scotty Barnes, and you have a chance of having something resembling a functional half-court offense. With the other lineup, which we'll get to, I just don't think that's the case. You know, what, like, how much do they have to prioritize this Scotty thing, do you think? Like, obviously, they've kind of given us mixed messaging as to what the intentions for this season are. Pascal Siakam's on the team. He's not been extended. He's not been traded. We don't know what the hell's going on. Are they going to try to be a win-now team? Uh, have it, have your cake and eat it too type of team? Are they going to go and sort of pivot more in a developmental way? Like, what level of importance do you place on the Scotty factor here? And is that sort of a big reason why you think this lineup is, is maybe the, the preferred option to start the year? Yeah, definitely having Gary in the starting lineup, I think, would be optimal in terms of the spacing and how Scotty would want to play, I think. Um, I think when you look at uh, the level to which he's prioritized, I think that comes down to how he starts out. Sure. And so, you know, through 10 games, five games, whatever it may be, you assess and you see that he's looking very comfortable. You want to get him as many reps as possible. Then you just continue to roll on. If it looks like, you know, you maybe need to, need to slow things down a little and um, just ease the playmaking responsibilities, get another ball handler in there, then that's where you adjust, right? I think mm-hmm. that's that's the thing with Scotty's development. You have to be responsible in terms of what you put on his plate. And yeah, this is a big season in terms of gleaning information on what mm-hmm. point Scotty is all about. But, you know, if you put too much on his plate and then say, oh, he's not able to handle it, then, well, you're not really gleaning information in the right way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. Yeah, it's... um. It's an important question they have to find a, an answer to here. And look, you know, I'm sure Narko Ryakovich is not going to be married to one thing either, right? Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was just going to quickly add, like, you have to also recognize that there is already a cap on the information you're gleaning because mm-hmm. of the way the roster is constructed. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah. Um, just a, a little number to throw out there as well. Uh, last year, the starting lineup was obviously fantastic with Fred Van Vliet on the floor. They were one of the best lineups in basketball. When you took Fred out of the equation, 
this is the type of thing we're dealing with. And look, the starting lineup I'm pitching was not good last year. Let's just go into it. 129 possessions per clean the glass. The OG, Gary, Scotty, Pascal, Yak lineup was a minus 6.2 net rating. Their their offense was in the sixth percentile of the NBA at a 100.8. And their defense was quite good, 107. I think either way, you're going to get good defense out of these lineups with the length and the size and the switchability and all that stuff. But uh, the offense is going to be a problem. And this is not a perfect lineup by any means. To me, it's just the way to prioritize the development of Scotty Barnes more than anything else, which I think probably has to be job number one. We're going to come up on the other side and get into Dennis Schroeder, who notably has a history coming off the bench and would be coming off the bench if the lineup we've talked about here is, in fact, the starting five. But maybe there's a pathway for him to start as well. That's what Zach Lowe and Blake Murphy think. We'll get into that in just one second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care don't get caught unprepared save more than 360 bucks by getting these life-saving life-saving antibiotics by with jace medical plus an additional 20 dollars off by using the code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com that's j-a-s-e medical.com promo code locked on the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue here with our pal Vivek Jacob. Uh, reminder, you can support the show by following, subscribing, rating, reviewing, all that good stuff. We much appreciate all of those who support the show in their own little way. It's free to support. The show's free, so thanks in advance for uh, scratching my back while uh, I scratch yours with that sweet, sweet daily content, which returns next week, by the way. We're going five days a week starting next Monday. Um, all right, Big V. The other starting lineup possibility here is Dennis Schroeder sliding in for Gary Trent Jr. You get the ball handling of Schroeder, the rim pressure of Schroeder, even though he's not much of a accurate finisher at the rim necessarily. He's someone who can get deep into the paint, get blow by by blow by guys, ask all the people he roasted during the FIBA World Cup. That is something he very much brings to the table. Uh, his point of attack defense, very strong as well. And so, yeah, where are you at with the idea of Dennis Schroeder sliding in for Gary Trent Jr. with that starting five? Let's start with, like, the case for it to be the starting five. Let's get positive here. If you're laying out an argument that this, in fact, should be the starting five, what is that argument? So the same way I would say that you can't buy into, you know, FIBA three-point shooting because it's just a shorter line than the NBA three, the same way I would say... You can absolutely buy into uh, Schroeder's ability to drive and penetrate because, mm -hmm. you know, you've got bigs who can just camp out there. Um, and I think to be able to still sort of, you know, maneuver your way and get to the basket uh, in those types of settings, that is something that should be transferable. I mean, we've seen it at the NBA level, um, but that, that is something that should encourage you. And so mm -hmm. I think uh, that is a plus. 
Um, you mentioned the defense. I think that is a plus as well. Obviously, he's a better defender than Gary Trent Jr. Uh, and so if you're looking at this Raptors team and saying, hey, we still want to create as many uh, you know, transition opportunities as possible, then you get another really good defender in there that probably increases the chances of you being able to do that. So, um, and then, yeah, again, in terms of thinking, hey, you know, maybe just through training camp and preseason, you're like, okay, you know what? Scotty might need a bit more help uh, with the playmaking responsibilities. Let's get Schroeder in there. That That is a plus, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you're not feeling, uh, you know, all the weight on Scotty's shoulders to keep this team, you know, in cohesion, in uh, a flow offensively. Yeah, I think those are good points. For me, the sort of two things are, A, what you just said. It doesn't force Scotty to have to do everything. Um, you know, in fairness, if they start with Scotty at the point with, with Gary Trent Jr. in there, I would imagine we're going to see plenty of Pascal Siakam on the ball, which is not a bad thing by any means. Uh, and maybe it's an argument against the Schroeder starting five to have three guys who might uh, kind of demand the ball with, with creation opportunities, not to mention OG being in there as well. We can get to the downsides in a sec, but taking some of that burden away from Scotty, who I maintain is not a point guard and or isn't yet and has a lot of growth to do to become that, uh, I think that is a pretty good argument in favor. The other thing, too, is like Schroeder, OG, Barnes, Siakam, Pirtle might be like the single best defensive lineup in the NBA. <laughs> like I don't think that's crazy. Um, obviously, it requires Scotty to kind of continue the steps he began to take last year on defense. We know he's much better as an off-ball help guy at the rim and things like that as opposed to an on-ball sort of corraller of guards. But if you have Dennis Schroeder in there, you're probably not asking him to be that point-of-attack guy against the opposing team's lead guard all the time. I'm sure he'll get those opportunities. I'm sure they'll switch plenty, but Schroeder can take those assignments and you can free Scotty up to play in that more sort of roving help sort of weak side guy who can kind of come over and offer defensive contributions with his length and things like that. Like, I I think there's a pretty tangible argument there. And if this team's going to be bad on offense anyway, like we talked about off the top, that starting lineup that we're throwing out there did not perform well offensively last season. Why not lean all the way into playing really good defense and try to at least make some back on that end? You know, it's going to have its limitations. You can't just be a great defensive team if you can't score the ball at all in 2023 in the NBA. But maybe that's an argument for the Schroeder starting five. For me... The argument against, again, it's the Scotty thing. I, I think you want to just prioritize Scotty and put him in an environment that's most conducive to success. And I don't think Dennis Schroeder, as an off-ball player, is offering nearly as much as Gary Trent Jr. does. And I also think Gary Trent Jr., as a bench orchestrator, is not offering you what Dennis Schroeder can offer you. And I think, frankly... Dennis Schroeder is best suited to playing in the second unit that has been desperately in need of any sort of direction for years now. And I think pairing him with guys who can shoot, you sprinkle in a Trent or an OG for some shooting. You have Grady Dick, you have Jalen McDaniels, you have Chris Boucher or Precious Achua, whomever is going to play the five. And all of a sudden, you might have yourself like a pretty functional second unit, which they have not had in quite some time. What is your sort of uh, response to that point? Do you think that's salient or do you think maybe I'm overplaying the value of the bench? Because if the starters stink, what the hell does the bench matter anyway? Yeah, no, I, I think there is something to Schroeder being able to shepherd that bench unit and kind of keep them afloat. Um, I think that, you know, if the starting lineup clicks, 
uh, and and you've got you know Gary providing the theoretical spacing along with OG and you know Siakam and Yak and Scotty are able to be these playmaking sort of hubs. Um, then then that's fine and dandy. It's like okay, you know this is working really well. Let's find a way to shore that bench unit up. And mm-hmm. um, I think that is the biggest plus that would come with Schroeder being in that bench unit. Uh, and mm-hmm. so yeah, like you said, it all comes down to that starting lineup. If you know. Again, that's the lineup that will be playing the majority of the minutes. And so you want to get that right first and then worry about everything else. <laughs> plan, plan B only matters so much if, <laughs> if plan A has to work to some extent. <laughs> For sure. Um, and the other reason why I think plan A of starting Scotty with Gary in your backcourt is maybe the preferred option is just I think Dennis Schroeder, if you look at his career, his success comes in lineups that are shooting rich and it's just, it's kind of undeniable. You go back to his time with the thunder and that Shea, Chris Paul, Schroeder, Gallinari sort of one through four they had with Steven Adams. Like that was a really good lineup and there was a ton of shooting and ball handling. Schroeder didn't have to do everything on his own. Um, and he could kind of mix in on and off ball opportunities here and there. I think as well, like you go even back to like his Hawks days, those teams were just packed to the gills with shooting. That was all that team was was shooting, and he was able to have success there. And you look at last season, he had this great run with the Lakers, right? He, he becomes this awesome piece for them down the stretch as they become one of the better teams out West. The lineup he played in the most and was the most successful, plus 18.2 net rating over 250 possessions per cleaning the glass, was Dennis Schroeder with Patrick Beverly, Troy Brown, who shot like 50% from three last season, LeBron, and Thomas Bryant, who really only shoots threes and doesn't do a whole lot else as a big man. That's a ton of shooting, extra ball handling. Those are the types of lineups that Dennis Schroeder has historically been good in. And I think if you put him into a clunky, cramped group with Pascal and Yak and and Scotty alongside OG, I don't think you're getting the best out of Dennis Schroeder you know, when you think about what historically has worked for him. And I think you have a better shot of that if you sprinkle him into the second units against lesser competition and he can really go to work and, and probably really compete for like six man of the year. He's done it before, right? I think he's won six man or, or come close in the past. Like this is something that, you know, maybe that's like a goal you can set for him and kind of have him push for that. I would have no problem with Dennis Schroeder gunning for six man of the year this year, running the second unit uh, after years of not having any sort of credible backup point guard play. Again, you're going to need Scotty Barnes to provide credible starting point guard play, which is important, but um, that's kind of where I'm at there. Do you have any last parting shots on the Dennis Schroeder concept of the starting five um no not really i mean i think we've kind of gone over all of it so yeah let uh let the games begin at training camp in terms of competing for that spot no kidding i'm curious how the darko thing kind of plays into this as well right he has the relationship with dennis going back to okc maybe that is part of the thinking and and hey honestly like i do wonder how much the fiba run of success and winning mvp at the biggest tournament in the world will also play into this maybe dennis fancies himself a starter and there's going to be a problem politically if you try to make him not start um you know you got gary trent jr to worry about as well with his contract situation so it's all sort of you know it's almost like having all these contract situations in the air is a problem when it comes to your internal locker room dynamics Well, Darko is just going to be like, how dare you beat my Serbia in the final? That's true. Oh, <laughs> bench you Dennis is bench. Yeah. Go. Look out, Malachi Flynn. You're in for those Dennis minutes, baby. Uh, <laughs> we're going to come back on the other side and get into some stealth candidates. Who of the rest of the roster 
has a chance of maybe sneaking into a starting spot at some point this season. We will get into that question to close things out momentarily. Before that, must tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season, which is underway right now with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That is an incredible deal. You want to watch your favorite team. You don't want to go and, and pay the full freight. You can go and get 100 bucks off just by making a $5 bet with FanDuel to get NFL Sunday ticket. That is a great deal. I hope you are not betting a lot of money on the New York Jets. Uh, boy, that was crazy. Anyway, that was the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we close this thing out. We've talked about six guys as potential starters for the Raptors' Big V, all of whom I think are pretty clearly a, a cut above the rest of the players on the roster, right? there's This is six deep in terms of, like, core dudes, and then we'll figure out the rest from there. I'm curious. From the group of Precious Achua, Jalen McDaniels, Chris Boucher, Grady Dick, Christian Coloco, uh, Otto Porter Jr., Thad Young, uh, Malachi Flynn, Jeff Doughton Jr., if he makes it, all the other dudes that are going to be in camp. There's too many to list off. I might have just gotten through all of them. I don't know. Counting is hard. But uh, of that group of guys, is there one or two who you think maybe, stealthily could find their way sneaking into a starting spot this year maybe you know obviously injury will play a part in this I think you know that that's maybe we can leave that aside for a second but you know Gary Trent Jr. underperforms Gary Trent Jr. gets traded uh Dennis Schroeder underperforms something like that who among that next wave of guys on the roster you kind of penciling in as okay there's starter number seven if things get dire well, I would include in the things get dire is the possibility of a Pascal or an OG getting traded. Right, yes. And, and so I think with that position maybe being, you know, the most questionable um, at this point, you probably look at a guy like Jalen McDaniels. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, defensively he should be a plus defender and then offensively you know the three-point shooting wasn't what it should have been uh coming mm-hmm. off of the previous year like 21 22 he shot 38 percent and then dropped down to uh 32 with the Hornets. so mm-hmm. i think uh that's probably the biggest x factor with him uh, how far does his uh shooting coming uh, come along and mm-hmm. then uh can he bring some of that playmaking to the table as well right and obviously the Raptors want those guys who are six seven, six eight, six nine, and can handle the ball and do some playmaking and uh, defend multiple positions. And obviously, he fits that bill. <laughs> so I would probably, you know, if there's 
uh, an under-the-radar guy who might get a starting spot later in the year. Uh, you look at him. Um, you would love for it to be, you know, Precious to come and just bang down the door and be like, <laughs> hey, you remember that guy from the second half of 21-22? Uh, He's back. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's popping for pull-up threes in people's faces. It's awesome. Yeah, that'd yeah. be delightful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, if things go really, really funky and you're all in on the development, then you probably just say, hey, let's get Grady Dick in there and let's get him as many reps as possible, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's not a bad call either. I think Jalen McDaniels is my pick as well. I, I think even if like no one gets moved or gets you know demoted or whatever, like I wonder if maybe if we see Jalen McDaniels' shooting potential kind of hit the high end of what his outcomes have been in the past, right? He shot 40% on low volume for Philly last year after the trade. He's had like a 38% season in, in the past as well. Um, he's obviously had those dips down to the low 30s in addition to that. So it's kind of a whack-a-mole thing. We don't know what we're going to get. But if he is shooting 36 37 38% and, and looking good on them, I wonder if maybe they decide, all right, let's go full defense and just... We'll move Gary Trent Jr. to the bench and have Jalen McDaniels slide in as like the two or the three next to OG, and you just roll Wing City. It's it's Scotty, it's Jalen, it's OG, it's Pascal, it's Yak. Again, you're kind of really leaning into the defense, and it absolutely is essential that Jalen is hitting threes in this sort of hypothetical situation down the line, but... I can squint and see that happening as like a possibility. Do I think it's likely? Absolutely not. But um, I, I think that's kind of on the table. I do think there's like a pretty clear divide between the top six guys on this roster and the rest of the team. Uh, so it's going to take a lot for these guys to, to nudge their way in. Um, Grady's an interesting one. The other guy too, I mean, look, talk about like a perfect low usage fifth starter. Otto Porter Jr., if he's healthy, like, do you see there's any way in which that happens, Big V? Maybe this is just me and my fawning for old dudes who know where to stand and, like, my favorite type of player. Um, And I'm really hopeful for Otto Porter Jr. He's a cool player. I like him. I want to see him contribute to the Raptors. It seems as though his toe is back intact. That's great. Um, You know, is there any world in which you see Otto Porter Jr. kind of carving out, like, a sage veteran starting role on this team? I would see it from a showcase potential. Mm. And, you know, you get to January and you're trying to maybe, you know, see, you know, teams interested in him or trying to see where he's at and throw him in the starting lineup and showcase him a little bit. I could see it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, this roster, like, I, I would not be surprised if part of, you know, getting the Garrett Temple in the mixes so that you know, you can move off of one of that and auto and mm. still have that veteran around, you know? Sure. I still, man, there's got to be something coming down the pipe, right? Like some sort of move. The roster is so like weird and so. cluttered, man. Like <laughs> we're getting, we're like, what? Less than two weeks away from media day. We're running out of time for like stuff to happen. Uh, maybe we see something in training camp. I know everyone kind of listened to last week's Low Post podcast where Zach Lowe kind of, 
mentioned in passing like I wouldn't be shocked if something interesting happened with Toronto in the next six weeks uh that didn't feel like reporting or anything I think he said as much it wasn't reporting it was just kind of a gut feeling um and it's hard not to have that gut feeling when you look at this weird roster but uh we're running out of time for stuff to shake up with this group and it'd be nice to you know get news of at least a Pascal extension or something like that to like satiate our desire for any sort of clarity on what the hell the, the direction is here but Alas, we sit here bobbing in the open sea, waiting for some sort of wind to catch us and carry us to our destination. It was pretty funny seeing the Shams report where he's like, save a team like Toronto (laughs) or a team like the Raptors. (laughs) I still have one example, bud. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I still firmly do not believe uh, anything Dame Lillard says about not reporting. I think that is complete boo hockey. It's not ha- like it's just it's not. He has no leverage. A in credible that. bluff. <laughs> he has no leverage in that. No, he does not. Um, still think the Raptors should call him up. And see what's up there. Pretty nice. Oh, point guard who fits well with all the players on the team, huh? I know a guy. We'll leave it there for now. Uh, Big V, thanks so much for hanging out, buddy. It's always a blast. Do you have anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there? Uh, usual stuff. Uh, head over to raptors.com. Check out the content over there. Besides that, you can follow me on Twitter, at Vivek M. Jacob. It's been a lot of FIBA and a lot of uh, tennis lately, but mm-hmm. obviously we're, we'll be getting into the swing of things uh, with, the, with the NBA. Um, but there will also be a lot of cricket coming because the Cricket World Cup is coming next month. So Hell yeah. Oh, Cricket V, my fave. Also, the <laughs> sleepiest version of V, I think, that we come across. Sleepy V. <laughs> uh, I like all the different characters and iterations of uh, After Dark. V. It's the best. Yeah, big the big sleepy. Uh, all right, we're going to leave it there. We'll be back again tomorrow. I think our pal Jamar Hines is going to be along. Topic TBD. We might continue the run through historical Raptors at numbers. We might talk about something else. Haven't decided yet, but Jamar will be along and we're looking forward to that and uh next week we're back to daily and we're in full season preview mode we're going to be a week out from media day that's very exciting and uh we will have it all covered for you here on the pod thank you for making us part of your routine each and every day love the everydayers out there you're our favorite people in the whole wide world if you are an everydayer let us know in the comments so we can put you on a list to get you some help and uh you know we're sorry okay very sorry that you listen to this every day uh we can uh you can also find the show for free wherever you get your podcast favorite podcast apps youtube etc etc find the discord come and hang out would love to see you in there and uh, follow the show on instagram and all that good stuff i promise i'm gonna start getting better about like sharing videos on instagram i'm very bad at it right now it's a lot of work and you know it just kind of gets knocked down the priority list all the time but uh that's gonna be a thing we get back to also ranking every raptor i've got two videos on tap for this week so keep an eye out uh probably the first of which will drop tomorrow so keep an eye there as we are inching towards the 200 the top 200 it's a very slow crawl either way thank you so much we'll talk to you thursday have a great one thanks for hanging Bye bye Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.